Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the show. Great to have you along. I am looking forward to my chat today with Tom Short. Tom's an amazing guy. He is the founder and chief customer officer at Kudos. And over the past course of 25 years, Tom's used his passion for entrepreneurship and marketing to found several successful companies. Now, Kudos is an amazing employee recognition platform that empowers teams to feel and do their best at work. And their purpose and North Star is to enable everyone to reach their full potential through belonging and purpose at work. And we're going to dive into how they do that. But firstly, Tim, thank you for joining me today. We appreciate it, Ben. This is an awesome opportunity to, you know, just to chat with other like-minded person. Absolutely. And yes, the song, An Englishman in New York, springs to mind because I'm an Aussie living in Ireland and I thought you were Canadian, but no. Yeah, I'm a, a Texan living in Canada. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful part of the world. So, and there is so much amazing stuff going on in the HR tech scene, particularly in Canada and consulting as well, but on the tech side of things, I'd love to hear about that in a few moments. But before we get into it, can I ask you about, to give us a a snapshot of your entrepreneurial journey? There's all sorts of things I'd love to dive into, but can you give us some context? Absolutely. It's been a really interesting and wild ride over the last 25 or 30 years. My family has a lot of entrepreneurialism in it, and it drove me to want to do my own thing. But like most people, graduating from university here in Calgary, and Calgary being a very oil and gas-focused organization, you usually end up in in one of those sectors of agriculture or oil and gas or even travel and tourism. But one of the things that was starting to grow quite quickly was the tech sector in Calgary. And early on, kind of in a low tech way, I ventured out with my brother-in-law to create a company called Bright Ideas, which was a neon company that uh, produced low voltage transformers so that you could have neon in your home. So you could have like Ben's bar in your home or some other kind of artwork or even neon, if you remember the trend, undercarriage car lighting in the day. But we were pretty young and inexperienced, and we didn't realize that neon would break as much as it did. So that business, while was popular, but the more we sold, the quicker we were going out of business. And so at the end of the day, we decided to pivot our direct mail operation into a direct mail operation done by direct mail, Uh. which became a company we called Catalog Machine. And then Catalog Machine did well, and people started to inquire about additional assistance to do brochures and logos and other things. So we started to provide those services and morphed once again into a new organization we called Idea Machine. And then this strange and funny thing came along, and people started asking us to do websites. And we're like, what's a website? And, And we figured it out pretty quickly, and we quickly grew to become one of the first innovators of developing websites and web technology in North America and grew quite quickly and had the privilege to work with some great brands like Kellogg's and Coca-Cola, as well as you know brands here in Canada and Alberta, like Bear Crop Science and others, even creating one of the very first airline websites for an airline company called Canadian Airlines back wow. in the day. 
And so, you know, that success was great, but then there was always something thrown into the mix, such as 9-11 or the financial crisis or something that really takes the wind out of marketing organizations. From there, we morphed into a full service advertising firm, which we joined with another group and we changed the name to Rare Method. And in 2008, when the financial mortgage crisis happened and the marketing industry was greatly affected by that, we had hundreds of employees and uh, were struggling to keep them engaged and focused on the things at hand. And of course, we wanted to help support them through this downturn. And that's where the idea of kudos came together because we were looking for ways to engage the team, improve communication and reassure them that we would get through that particular storm. And here we are again in another storm with, you know, inflation and many other, you know, financial considerations and crises around the globe. And so really what we wanted to do is build a tool that would, you know, help people engage their team, support culture, and demonstrate the contributions that they were making. And organizations that we spoke to out there didn't really have a solution. They all said, just give your people stuff, give them rewards. That's what they want. And we didn't feel that was the right answer. And so we went out and built our own product and really saw almost an overnight change with our team about how they felt supported and how they felt valued and how they felt committed to our company and where we wanted to go and how we were going to weather that particular storm at that time. Is that when you started using the tool inside the company? Yeah, we actually called it Rare Miles originally because we used Air Miles as a perk at the end of the day where we would run programs and just focus on the recognition, but we would have a fun little town hall every month and whoever was on the leaderboard of sending and receiving, because sending is equally as important as receiving, they would go into a draw for a trip for two somewhere in North America. And we would use our air miles to that we use through purchasing media to do that. It was a non-taxable benefit as well. So it worked on a couple different levels. So it was fascinating to see that happen. But then our team members started talking to our clients and our clients were asking, why is your team so darn happy? And well, we built this thing internally. It's, you know, we're call it rare miles. And they went, wow, could we use it? And and I'm like, well, why don't you call one of those other reward companies or one of the other people? And they're like, well, we don't want that either. And so our audience, our current agency clients told us that we were hovering over the target. And so we changed the name to Kudos to commercialize it outside of what we were doing internally, you know, offered it to a dozen of our current clients to kind of MVP it. And at the end of the day, split it off as its own entity and are now in 80 countries around the world in 11 different languages and following our purpose and mission, which you so nicely outlined at the start of this discussion as to helping people find purpose and value in the things that they do every day to allow them to reach their full potential. That's brilliant. What was the timeline from you got this downturn, you're trying to keep the team engaged, motivated, let's say, through to coming up with a concept, building that MVP and then spinning it out. Is that sort of one year timeline or less? The financial crisis is 2008 and we immediately saw a pullback in lots of marketing globally and with all of our clients. And so, you know, we pivoted pretty quickly to figure out what could we do to keep the team intact and engaged. And so through 2008, 2009, we built the product and the process 
in 2010, we started to offer it to other clients. That was pretty evident that it was going to work. And we took it to a trade show in 210, 211 in Chicago someplace to see if the wider market would embrace it. And we were the only one doing social recognition at that point. There was one other group called Ripple out of Toronto that was doing something similar. It was the closest to what we were doing in social recognition. And once we saw that that was the case, then we, my business partner and I got together at Mooney Boga and started to reimagine it and basically rebuilt it and re-released it in 2012 and then started to market it as a freemium product at first where it's a SaaS-based tool and then kept getting approached by larger and larger clients all the time until the point where we, one of my favorite stories is when uh, the largest telecom in Africa called us and we were working in our office and we were just a small team around 20 people at that point in time. And when the phone rang, we were all looking at the phone kind of going, what's that? Because, you know, everything was happening through online and, and we're like, that's funny. I think that's the phone. And we picked it up and Turned out to be this very nice gentleman from an organization called MTN in Africa inquiring about our product. And within the next six months, we got them on the system and rolled them out. And they put around 20,000 people on the system. And we've never looked back since that point. And they're still on the system today and doing fabulously well. So it was really kind of a, it's now been kind of a 10-year journey from 212 to 222, you know, lots of ups and downs and challenges because this is a interesting category and product due to the fact that everyone thinks that recognition is easy it's always it's like that saying the the soft stuff is the hard stuff yeah, yeah. but yet people still tend to look at this as a afterthought versus a strategic initiative that they should initiate at the beginning of mm. their journeys or as the easiest more fast reaching tool that they could deploy to touch everyone and to engage everyone. There's lots of other solutions out there, learning and development, you know, feedback, wellness, but those are usually only utilized by a small portion of any team in any organization. If you think about the things that go the farthest and the widest and the deepest, it's really about building those relationships and aligning core values and purpose and demonstrating to individuals that they're seen, they're valued and they're appreciated. And every single person can be touched by that. And those types of things will lead to social cohesiveness and a community where the team becomes far more resilient and lean in a little to a lot more to help you achieve the goals that you're striving for. I came from a, a similar part of the world in the sense that it was from, it was heavy industry. So you had oil and gas and mining and things like that. Yeah. And those sort of companies, because there are safety risks, people can get hurt, people can be killed. So safety is such a huge consideration for those types of businesses. And hence, there's a lot of workplace culture that's around process, auditing. And to, to be honest, when I was going through it all, it was a lot of catching people doing the wrong thing and looking for the stuff that is <laughs> We're hardwired for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's easier to manage, I think, sometimes. Part of me thinks that we love a good checklist. And so if our company is not going so well or the workplace culture, et cetera, is not going so well and there's things we want to improve, how can we do that through a checklist approach? And so you might start off by, I don't know, looking at the different elements of HR from hiring to firing and the pay elements and the performance management and the training. But some of those things are easier to tick off than others. So getting an, a simple HRIS system to control 
onboarding or this or that. That's good because it's kind of admin stuff. But when you get into the next level up, if you're going up that pyramid or the value chain, whatever you want to call it, it gets tougher. It's a little a little more gooey. It's it's harder to sort of plan for, right? Yeah, 100%. You're absolutely right. The hire to retire or that whole experience from you know, building a great brand that is attractive to individuals. And that usually comes from your current individuals being promoters of your organization because they love what you do and they're in alignment and they they feel valued and appreciated. And then you move into hiring and what's that process? And then you move into onboarding and what's that process? And then you move into, you know, skill alignment and development, like getting them ready for their job. And then, you know, continuing on to many other things. But you also need to ensure that through all of those elements, there's feedback loops and ways to build, to tie them into your culture and into your community. And that's where those feedback loops of appreciation and recognition, like, thanks for choosing us and joining our company. You know, thanks for staying for the first week and the first day. Mm-hmm. Thanks for completing your onboarding process. Thanks or congratulations or great job on your training and development. So all of these little feedback loops are exactly what people end up missing, you know, through many of those processes. Some of those processes aren't really well thought out as well. But if you think of at the center of every organization are your core values. And then from your core values, you identify qualities or behaviors that you would like to see in your team members and would want to promote in your team members. And then from there, you need strong communication at all points of reference, you know, through that entire employee experience life cycle. And the best way to kind of do that is, you know, again, to keep focusing and reinforcing your core values, keep focusing and reinforcing the behaviors that are going to lead to the success that you're looking for and keep telling people and letting them know that they're going in the right direction and that you value them. And so people chunk it and versus having a full stream or fluid process. Mm. The reason I'm diving in is because why would you need to worry about it? Why do you even need kudos if you just stick up some posters and then have a quarterly <laughs> meeting with the CEO where they give them a rah-rah speech and off you go? Surely that would embed the kind of culture and the values that you're looking for. Yeah. And that's what happens. Most people just you know, put it in their employee manual and put it up on the wall. And there is this situation, which is kind of a say-do dilemma that you say one thing, but do another. Yeah. And when you have that disconnect, you know, why would people believe you about anything about your company? You got to walk the walk and live those values and behaviors every day. But most importantly, keep it at the forefront and celebrate those things. You know, we always say in kudos, connect, communicate and celebrate. Points aren't the point. It's about that personal connection that a manager makes with their team member or team members make with one another. And, you know, and just putting it on the wall and firing and forgetting is not good enough. And that's why you're seeing such you know large numbers of people resigning from companies. They're looking for purpose. They're looking for alignment. They're looking for a place that they belong, not just a job anymore. Yeah. And so you went through the, what I would call the, the recession, the global financial meltdown, or whatever you want to call it. And so you built this MVP, well, as an internal tool for the team themselves. So what is it that the team, your team loved so much about it and how did it help engage? And then secondly, what is kudos? What exactly does it do? Great question. And what was really fascinating in the beginning is that we were talking about just recognition and appreciation and gratitude, and we were doing it already in our town halls. It was on the walls. It was in our sayings. It was in our employee manual. We had thank you cards. We said, thank you, you know, and good job in every meeting and interaction, yet it didn't stick. 
you know, people would come back the next day and you would know, say, Hey Tom, how am I doing? And I'm like, well, Ben, I thought we chatted about it yesterday. You're doing <laughs> awesome. You know, I love everything that you're about and you're killing it. And you're like, okay. And then the next day, same question. And we're like, that is really, really interesting that it just wasn't resonating or doesn't have the staying power. But then when we moved it into following those personal in-person moments with a small little quick note of appreciation that appeared on the wall where everyone could see it and like it and comment on it, no different than a Twitter message really. And even when we created kudos, it was before Twitter existed. We were just like, we just wanted to do these short little messages of appreciation. And then you had your own personal wall where all of this mess, all of these messages resided. And once we did that, it stuck. It actually did resonate with everybody. They stopped asking how they were doing because they knew how they were doing. And they were getting that feedback that they were craving on a regular basis. And that really was the epiphany or the moment where we went, huh, we've got something here. This is really interesting. Who knew? Like we were already doing this, but I guess it wasn't working. And and everyone out there in the world still tries to do it the old way versus creating an area where people have that area of self-affirmation where, you know, they can go to it at any time to pump themselves up or see that they are valued. Yeah. I went to a training workshop years and years ago for some company, whatever, but we all had to write good, nice feedback, positive feedback for everyone. And then it went into an envelope and you'd read it after. I think I've still got it somewhere. And every now and then I'm clearing out something and I find, I think, oh, this feels great. Just reading it. You know, and that's really the, uh, defines the whole category and why it is important. You know, you always hear the story of somebody that kept a post-it note or a card or a letter that somebody wrote to them. And, and that's how rare it is. You know, something like that would be something that you would keep. But yet when you move organizations or change jobs, the thing you leave on the, the wall is that cheesy certificate that you got for hanging in there for five years, you know, kind of a situation. But what you kept is that meaningful note that meant something to you, where someone actually took the time to write something that was specific and personalized to you. And it still resonates today and reminds you of that time or that boss or of that company. Got it. And the growth of Kudos itself, like you've expanded so far and wide, it's an amazing growth story. Sometimes I wonder about point specific solutions. Is that hard to convince employers that they should connect the system and start using the system when they probably think, well, we've got a whole bunch of other things and we've got the work days out there. And, you know, where do you fit into that? And how do you communicate that value and convince them to sign up? Yeah, it's, it is interesting. And it's a challenge to tell you the truth. It, it's a little mind boggling where the biggest obstacle for an organization like ours and many is it's not the competition. It's not the difficulty of the technology. It's status quo. People just deferring the decision to invest in a cultural tool like kudos they guess maybe they figure that you know they can just work on that next or maybe there are other priorities that they want to roll out but you know as you were kind of highlighting earlier you do need your core hr tools initially you have to have something to manage your people manage recruitment manage onboarding you know manage payroll all of those things but once you get past that you need to move into tools that connect your people and rewards are nice. They're appreciated, but you know, they're not appreciation. What people really want is to 
you know, build a strong community and connection with their peers and, and with their direct managers and even right up to the C-suite. And, you know, and so just having a tool that facilitates that makes a lot of sense, but it's still one of those scenarios where people think that it's being done through the other tools, which are more administrative or collaborative. You know, we work and collaborate in Microsoft Teams and Outlook and SharePoint and Slack and things like that. But that's really where you kind of work and get things done. And when you try to mix recognition into those items, recognition just gets quashed. It gets buried with all of the busy items that need to be done. That's why you need to separate out your culture from your day-to-day business tools so that there is a place that is just all about the positive things that are going on. Because if you try to commingle the two, work will crush culture. And do you need to work at getting people to use Kudos, the system itself? Because you know there are always early adopters, but in terms of the bell curve, there'll be the majority of people will be using it. Some will use it more and some will use it less. Do you need to sort of push it or make some sort of cultural change effort? Yeah, absolutely. Like communication and change management is essential, but it also has to start from leadership. The leaders have to lean in and even in people's job descriptions that, you know, they need to go down to that level. And then instead of just having details on the job or the role as it is, one of the items they need to put in there is, and you must and will as one of your responsibilities, you know, provide feedback and recognition to your team. Like, cause it's that important. It needs to be put at that level in everyone's job description from the receptionist to the CEO. It's everyone's responsibility to be part of keeping the culture solid and alive. And from that standpoint, you know, you do need to communicate and communicate and communicate mm-hmm. and just keep pushing it. So we've built a lot of tools into kudos that can help you run campaigns and promotions and so that you can feature and highlight anything from a core value to an initiative like you know one of our clients just did a virtual marathon you know they wanted to promote a wellness initiative but do it through building community and at the end of the day you know those folks also were recognized for their participation and their involvement in the program and even in that case there were prizes and points associated so you know, points are still involved in some scenarios and rewards are still involved, but it doesn't need to be expensive or go to the beach money. It just needs to be a small reminder that you work for a cool company that cares about you and provides a nice little perk, but it's the recognition and the camaraderie and the communication that make the biggest impact. I don't think it's possible, but it'd be curious to see the correlation between the kudos system and then the reduction in those emails where everyone angrily CCs everyone else. Yes, I did this. And then they reply CC to all and then these angry conversations. But I imagine that this is kind of a way of reducing that and encouraging a much more positive. 100%, 100%. Like you'll see those kind of things happen in email. You'll see those kind of things even happen in tools that aren't designed to do what Kudos does. Like whether it's a Yammer or a Slack because they're different tools are used for different yeah. reasons. You know, but having a place that is just ultimately positive. Like we have lots of people ask all the time, like what if somebody writes a mean note or something inappropriate? You know, and we do have tools and technology to facilitate something like that if it should happen for, you know, crowdsource moderation and and other things. But because the tool is so darn positive, you know, in 10 years, maybe we've had four or five messages in total that 
had to be removed from a system on one of our hundreds and hundreds of clients because really it's a place that just creates this positive energy you know overall and gets away from some of the other politics and some of the other grievances that people may have and even if you get 10 or 20 messages in a month based on your role or an initiative or a project you're working on and i get two or three i'm not jealous of the items that you've got and actually when i get to read them and see them so publicly I agree. I'm like, yeah, Ben's killing it. I'm going to like that message. I'm going to comment on it. But I still feel awesome about the two or three I received because in many organizations, that's two or three more than I've ever gotten before. Absolutely. Now you've been through um, such an amazing business journey and you've grown kudos so much. So it's a fascinating journey and what you've achieved there. I'm imagining that choosing the right type of customer. So business that uses mm-hmm. kudos, it's important. Whereas a payroll company, payroll software, as long as they've got the right number of headcount and you've got some software, to, you know, an infrastructure to connect the IT, then, you know, it doesn't really matter, but you kind of live and die by having the right type of company in that would use yep. it in the right way and would use it to grow and develop the culture. So how do you work out what kind of businesses to approach and how do you try to find them, whether that be through sales and marketing? Absolutely. You know, it is more of a psychographic versus a demographic. We do have an ideal client prospect. We typically work with organizations anywhere between 500 and 5,000, but we have clients on the system that are 50 and we have clients on the system that are 20, 30,000. And it ranges everywhere from a Lego to Cummings engines. So Mm -hmm. go figure. It doesn't really make a difference what industry they're in or even the size of the organization, it comes down to more about philosophy and leadership. And so if the organization and the organizational leaders do believe culture is the killer app, that that's where they should start. If you take care of your people, your people will take care of your clients. If you take care of your clients, that'll take care of your business. Start from that way versus starting on the outside of stakeholders or investors, clients, people you know, in that scenario, you could go the other way, treat your people well, give them uh, you know, good reason to work their butts off for you and to get the job done. But, you know, the big thing for most people is how do you get leadership to lean in? And it doesn't have to be that difficult to roll it out with, you know, because once you have a system, you can create consistency, reach and transparency. Yeah. And, you know, instead of doing it on your own in a kind of a manual way, you can't have scalability and reach unless you put a system in place. Got it. And you've got a, an ideal client profile in place. So what do you guys actually do in terms of marketing the business and getting the word out there about Kudos? Yeah, most people come to us because they identify mm-hmm. a need. And so their need is so great. And everything online is, you know, people do 90% of their research before you even contact them or reach out. But we do outbound in some cases. Most of it's inbound. But we facilitate that by making sure that we're pushing out a lot of thought leadership and a lot of information through online sources, chatting with folks like you, Ben, like it really makes a big difference to reach your audience where they kind of go, that's exactly what I was looking for. Like, you know, I didn't think of it that way previously, just marketing and social media are, you know, really important to just getting the word out there and evangelizing the space and getting people to have that aha moment where like, yeah, Yeah. that makes a lot of sense. And then they uh, come and find us typically. 
but outbound is important too. It's just a lot harder. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it is interesting. You said the number, I don't know, 90% of people looking online before they'll contact. And I, I'm a big believer in that. And I know you've got a lot of um, guides, written thought leadership content there. You've also been running webinars as well. So Absolutely. do you find the webinars are useful for either thought leadership or the down the funnel of actually you know converting people into potential customers? You know, first they're doing their research and you got to reach them. Then you want to engage them and they go through a funnel where you can tell if people are looking at content on your site. You might not know who exactly, but you know which companies. And then you need to bring them down the funnel into a personal relationship, which could be come to my webinar or join me for a wine tasting or come to our live event at an area. And then from there, move them into, you know, kind of an exchange of information, like help solve their problems first and educate them and give them the information they need to make the business case internally. And then you start to get into, oh, now let me show you the product. You know, so if you can support people through their journey, you know, you eventually get them at the point where you're the preferred vendor before they even know that they want to buy that product or make that commitment to buy that yeah. type of product. That makes sense. And do you partner with other companies or consulting firms or consultants in the HR space? Not so much. ADP, we were in their marketplace and they are a really great source of leads for us because they have several thousand salespeople who are looking to solve their leads and their prospects as problems. And as a payroll provider and with workforce now as an, an HRMS that lots of people use, often their clients will ask about, do you have anything to help with employee engagement or those types of things? And that usually leads them to referring us. So that works quite well. And really it's just forming relationships with more HR professionals and thought leaders out there like yourself, not so much with other products or services yep. because those other products and services are more interested in selling their product or service than yeah, selling yeah. our product. Yeah, funny then. Yeah. So just lastly then, what advice would you have for other companies who are trying to grow in these potentially challenging times? What's your advice in terms of sales marketing growth strategy? You know, there's so many different things that you can do. You have to get your story and your value proposition right and have some unique element that differentiates you from the crowd. That's easier said than done, but making sure that you have a good online presence and you're prolific in that way and that you are passionate in expressing that passion for what you do so that you attract like-minded people, the people who are ready to make a purchasing decision, whether it's just the affinity they have for your product or the right timing where they have a pain and they're trying to solve that pain. Because like we mentioned earlier, most people have done the vast majority of their research before they show up and you have that first contact. But, you know, you can't get anything done unless you have a good, strong team internally. So sometimes you have to look at, you know, your inward first and say, are we doing all the right things to engage our team to turn them into those evangelists, to have them convey that extra element that builds that connection with the next person that's going to call. And when you pick up that phone or answer that email, you know, how engaged is your team member, you know, it will make a big difference on how they connect and uh, advance your business goals. I like that. It makes sense. You wouldn't want to go through a health program with an unhealthy coach. So it makes sense for an employee engagement platform to be highly engaged. Lastly, if people want to learn more about Kudos, what should they do next? 
Well, we're online. You can find us at kudos.com and lots of different information in our various social media channels. But you can also just link in with me on LinkedIn. I'm, you know, WT Short on LinkedIn. Just to pop that into the little search bar. You'll find me and drop me a note and happy to chat with you or anyone at any time about this because I believe in it. I've seen it work. I've seen it work exceptionally well with all of our clients. And we really would like to, you know, help others create, you know, a culture that leads to success in their businesses and unlocks all the potential of their team members, you know, no matter where they are. I love it. Tom, thank you very much for sharing all your insights and advice. I've really appreciated our chat today. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Ben. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.